right, here we are. Hi, John. Hi, Joel. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, thank great, you. Great to see you. Hello, everyone. My name is Jules Hilliard. I'm the CEO of Secure Block Tech. Welcome to the first of our series of weekly podcasts. Hope you enjoy this journey with our weekly guest panels as we discuss enterprise blockchain. As you know, there's a ton of information out there on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and the like. However, we want to discuss blockchain as an application architecture, network infrastructure, distributed ledger technology, cybersecurity, AI, and the way blockchain technology can change the IT landscape as we know it, a much larger footprint than just digital currency. But before we do, I'm going to do a quick plug. Hope you don't mind. I founded SBT in 2017 and brought in a great team of the usual suspects from my Rolodex. Veteran enterprise technologists that have been focused on the adoption and utilization of blockchain technology by the enterprise. We have built the first of its kind enterprise grade BOC or blockchain operation center. You already know the importance of a NOC and a SOC for today's dynamic networks. The need for a BOC is here. And we're here to provide the solution to the market and stimulate mass adoption. Our platform provides a single pane of glass, if you will, to develop, deploy, and manage all of your blockchains and dApps from one centralized management console. Monitoring, analytics, security, and optimization are at the core of our technology stack. Today, I have two of my colleagues and good friends, Joel Semengen, our CISO, and John Hooks, our CAIO. John, let's jump in with you. Your Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer. John, you joined our team in its infancy stages, published author on blockchain, has been heading up our efforts on flushing out how AI can be utilized to enhance the functionality of our platform and the industry as a whole. Tell us, tell us, well, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on enterprise blockchain to start and why you feel that current AI systems are not trustworthy. Sure, well, thank you for the introduction. And let me tell you that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a published author. The latest uh, book I did with my colleagues is a textbook called Blockchain Economics. And I, I think the, the title speaks for itself. This is not just about a technology that's being used or will be used excessively in enterprise IT, and we all believe that, but this is gonna form the basis for a, an entire economy built and run and completely uh, viable uh, as an alternative to some of the economic models we have today. And if you get a chance to get a hold of that book, you'll see there are various uh, pieces of that puzzle. But one of the pieces that I focused on and that we're focusing on here in our work uh, and research around this is the fact that blockchain and DLT, stepping apart from cryptography, which is a little bit different uh, body of science, is really about provenance and chain of custody. And provenance and chain of custody specifically about data, right? So we all know that data of any form can be created and changed easily. And what we're seeing in uh, the AI space now is that, remember the old saying, Geigo, right? Garbage in, garbage out. If you take in or ingest information, data, whether it's pictures, graphics, uh, data, 
and you put it into a machine learning model, then whatever you get out of the back end, it's going to calculate the probabilities based on the training model of what that particular uh, situation is, whether it's a stop sign you're recognizing, you know, because you're driving your Tesla and you want it to drive itself, or whether you're looking for uh, uh, threat actors in an airport. If they are able to take the data that's coming into the camera or through the uh, Tesla um, uh, brain and, and modify it in some way, then the outcome of automation, which is what we're driving for, is going to be totally different and unexpected uh, than what you thought when you originally built the model. So what I'm seeing today is that threat actors are using what is called adversarial AI to go in and modify these AI-driven systems such that it provides not only an economic gain uh, for them, but could potentially, you know, uh, bring down an entire power grid if, if that particular piece of power grid was automated in some way. And we know it is being automated through what we call the spark grid. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Let's talk. Let's jump over with uh, Joel. Joel's our chief information security officer. Joel, you and I go way back, I mean, all the way, about 20 plus years here in information technology, all the way back to uh, my load balancing days, which uh, seems like forever ago where we were inventing load balancing as we went. Joel was uh, heading up the security and implementation team at a, a large fintech company that was inventing uh, internet banking at the time. And uh, we did a lot of great work in the sandbox and getting our functionality working and deployed into their fast growing uh, uh, global network. Uh, Joel, thanks for, for being here with us. Thank you, glad to be here. A absolutely, as a CISO and information security officer, can you tell, what can you tell us about blockchain security and how important it is given the increasing data integrity threats that come across various industries? Excellent, yeah, thank you, uh, Jules, and I'm glad to be here. Well. Before I answer the question, I want to set the stage first and, and make sure we're on the same page on what blockchain is about, right? So blockchain is basically, simply put, it's an open distributed ledger, you know, which records electronic transactions in a verifiable and permanent way. And it's basically uh, typically managed by a peer-to-peer -peer network that follows you know, protocol for the internode communication and, and that validates uh, the new blocks uh, within the chain and hence uh, the term blockchain. So to, to answer your question, uh, Jules, um, it, it's important that, as we all know, it's, it's all about protecting the integrity of the data. That's basically our crown jewels for uh, most of us, intellectual property and such. So um, with, with blockchain uh, fundamentals and, and its uh, inherent network security, um, it, it basically uh, brings in um, that the records are basically immutable. You know, once the records are validated and recorded on the chain, they are basically unalterable. And, and because of the embedded metadata um, as uh, are appeared into the transaction, you know, it cannot also uh, be separated or lost or, or altered. 
and then uh, additionally, uh, the, the user's integrity uh, is verified uh, using asymmetric cryptography, the uh, digital signatures and transactions, which are also added uh, into the blockchain. And there's also full transparency of transactions um, which are visible and auditable to all the trusted users in the blockchain network. So having said all of this, that basically puts a big kind of shell or additional uh, security control into your um, business transaction having a blockchain as part of your security solutions. Fantastic. Appreciate it. Great information. Thank you for a great start. Thank you. John, back to you. What are some of the common end goals of attackers when they attack machine learning systems? Well, we talked earlier about adversarial AI. So there's really two ways that um, attackers look to uh, change or modify something within the AI machine learning uh, you know, system, right, within a company or organization. The first is like a white box attack. So that basically says they're going to take the data, and as Joel mentioned earlier, you know, it could be extremely important data like property records, financial data. It could be, you know, uh, visual data like, uh, you know, uh, taking uh, photographs of, uh, of individuals, you know, within your organization. And they can they, they go in and they try to they're able to modify through techniques that are well known uh, that data. For example, they can take a picture of a cat and by modifying a few of the pixels, not many, uh, if they get access to the file that that particular uh, picture of a cat is in, they can introduce noise such that those pixels change that picture as an AI or a machine learning model would see it, and as, it, as it's training data to recognize a cat, the cat will show up as a, uh, a dog, for example, or, or whatever you want to. With certain, certain combinations of pixelation, you can change the cat to look like an airplane. And again, to the human eye, it still looks like a cat. But to a machine learning algorithm, uh, is training this data coming in from one of the uh, the more standard programs. Uh, it's going to modify it. So they modify they, they go that approach, which is to modify the data. And again, back to Joel's point, you know, blockchain pretty much solves that problem. You know, takes puts an additional pillar of security into the uh, into the uh, CIO or CISO's wheelhouse. That says if I blockchain data in an enterprise, chances are very slim that anyone who tries to modify that data is going to be able to do so because, as we all know, it's going to be quote immutable and it's going to raise a red flag. Hopefully, through a monetary system like we're talking about, a blockchain operations uh, console or center, that says, "Hey, someone's trying to modify it." So not only will you know if it's being modified, but, but if it has been modified at all, what to do and take that piece off the chain uh, or, or make it uh, inaccessible by systems that need to use that information, right? The second approach is called the black box approach, and that's where they go in and they're able to find or uh, 
compromise the algorithms that are, are part of the uh, machine learning uh, model that's being created. And, and, you know, these generally are done by insider threats, which is a huge problem, right? So someone who understands the models that, for example, create credit scores can go in and modify the, the, uh, the weightings of certain aspects of the credit score so that it, it, it comes up in their favor or someone else's favor, right? So they get pushed through all their friends who otherwise would probably get a very low credit score. And now by modifying that particular aspect of the machine learning algorithm, they look like they're superstars, right? Give them all the money they want. So those are the two major ways that that can be done. Uh, and it's pretty common nowadays for people to understand that it's, it's pretty easy to attack a machine learning uh, model or system based on those two uh, ways I just described. That Gartner Group has done a survey recently that said, you know, do most people who rely on machine learning and AI systems trust them? And there's a huge gap now between uh, the trust of AI systems and their use. And most people will say, you know, I, I may not accept that. Because again, these AI and ML systems are based on probabilities and statistics. So again, it's not a fail-safe method. <coughs> and the attackers that, that know them well know that and modify them. So again, you know, the, the white knight coming on the stage in a very near future is the enterprise blockchain uh, adoption of this. And, but again, like any other system that has network uh, traffic, you need to monitor it and you need to make sure that you have alerts built in that say someone's monkeying with this data. And even though it may be quote immutable, you need to flag it so it doesn't get further down the chain uh, in some way and used uh, surreptitiously. Definitely a lot of great information. And I also uh, feel like you did a fantastic job of helping people understand what we've thought from the beginning and then why we've been developing the solution that, that we are developing. Now, Joel, what are some of the methods that can be utilized to defend and protect this kind of attack? Yeah, that's actually a great question, um, which is, is very timely for what we're doing at uh, SBT. Um, it's very important, just like anything else, um, throughout the um, advancement of technology year after year after uh, several things uh, is being um, adopted or brought up by various technologists and, again, on the flip side, by um, the bad actors. So what's critically uh, important is to have a good and active monitoring system. We all know that most organizations, uh, strong organizations have a NOC and even has advanced to having a SOC, Security Operations Center. So in, in this case, um, having a BOC, which is a blockchain operation center, which would be uh, in, in perspective, like the, the third leg in the stool would, would really solidify and help into the uh, identification uh, 
and prevention and uh, the defense uh, in regards to the attacks that John uh, had articulated. And um, what's uh, critical about that is it, it brings to light from an organization on what is actively happening uh, within their uh, blockchain uh, systems and they can also identify any anomalous activities. But, but even before talking about the anomalous activities, it's, it's critical for the organization to set a good baseline and um, tune their monitoring systems uh, and uh, portals to identify what, what's considered a good traffic versus bad traffic. So the organization will be the best uh, to know and identify and tune their um, box systems to uh, be able to set alerts and flag any or, or alert uh, any anomalous activities, transactions, or behavior that's outside the norm. And again, given a lot of the um, AI activities and automated systems, uh, this may be a very taxing uh, process, but it's again, the, the, the advice is to set up a good baseline and it will be an ongoing tuning process because as, as the systems and the organizations try to um, move forward with their business, um, make some adjustments, provide some additional features, products, and services, it will be an active um, effort to uh, adjust and um, set the baseline in accordance with their current business practices. And, and um, obviously all of these alerting uh, mechanisms will then uh, help uh, protect and defend against a potential attack, and then which leads to further and what's important is timely investigation. It's just like anything else. I mean, unless somebody uh, identifies and reports that there's a, a, an active breach or a potential breach, it, the, the bad activity will can potentially get unnoticed and start uh, getting deeper into your systems, uh, sometimes maybe late into the game uh, by the time your alerting systems get tripped. So hopefully, again, the key is having uh, it in the very front and getting a good set of baseline for uh, alerting uh, those bad behaviors at the beginning. And then um, you may want to have uh, an ability to take uh, take a step back and review your DevSecOps methodology practices just to see if it's uh, still sound and it's meeting, uh, again, um, some of the adjustments that your business may have done ensure that those practices are still in alignment. And lastly, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, the timely uh, investigation, which kind of leads into a very robust incident response plan and procedures is key. Uh, make sure that you perform uh, like ad hoc uh, practices um, to be able to uh, practice um, potential or simulate uh, bad traffic uh, and um, anomalous behaviors and see in each one like a tabletop exercise on how your uh, teams and respective incident response um, support teams will behave as rapidly or quickly within uh, your designated plan and procedures as approved by your organization. Fantastic, thank you, Joel. I know as we all heard with blockchain, everybody coming out with all this great functionality transparency, immutability, and the built-in security. And then we all looked at each other and said, trust me, isn't really going to cut it for the enterprise. 
you know, and, and our, I'm happy to show you guys actually, as we're deploying on AWS, as you know, uh, the team is telling me uh, they're rolling out alerts 2.0 on this deployment. So I can't wait to show you that next week. And, and for those clients that are also adopting blockchain as well. Well, John, Joel, great stuff for our, I think for our maiden podcast. I want to thank you both for uh, joining me on our new weekly podcast as we roll this out, hopefully educating and attracting more technologists and advocates for blockchain technology. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jules. Thank you. Absolutely. And I hope that you, the audience, found this talk interesting and informative. Please join us weekly as we have many exciting guest speakers scheduled. And as we continue to explore blockchain technology, and the many use cases that it has above and beyond digital assets. You can learn more and or contact us at secureblocktech.com. Have a great week and please reach out with any and all feedback, questions, or desire to join the blockchain revolution. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs>